Hello and welcome to The Pathway. My name is Tim Deeks and in this podcast, we dive deep into the lives of interesting characters from a wide range of backgrounds. No matter if the guest is a leader in business, sport, media or politics, everyone has a pathway through life. And it is my ambition that through each guest's unique story, you'll be able to take something away to put into action on your own path. So let's start walking. Sam Wood is a man on a mission. He spent his life improving the health and well-being of others. He owns and operates the number one at-home fitness app, 28 by Sam Wood, and Australia's largest personal training gym, The Woodshed. Despite all this, he still found time to date 21 women and ended up finding love on Australia's third season of The Bachelor. I'm so excited to talk about his pathway. Welcome, Sam. G'day, Tim. Thanks so much for having me, mate. This is, uh, this is exciting. This is right in my wheelhouse about uh, how you end up, where you end up, and what's really important. Oh, mate, we're so grateful to have you. Before diving into your success in fitness, I'm keen to learn about your early pathway. What kind of student was Sam Wood at school? Average to below average, I think, would be a, a fairly fair uh, assessment. You know, I was never, I never had a very good concentration span. I was a little bit lost as to what I wanted to do through my high school Year 11 and 12. You know, I remember I remember actually in year 10, we had to do work experience and I'd left until the last minute and really didn't know what I wanted to do. And I was always envious of those, you know, kids in the year levels that had it all. They felt, it just felt to me like they had it all worked out, I think. And uh, I ended up doing it at my own school with a PE teacher, which was just kind of the fallback. This kid doesn't have his shit together. Uh, you know, it was funny. That teacher sort of said to me, oh, mate, you know, like if this isn't what you want to do, you're not going to be able to wear runners to work and you're going to have to pull your head in and all this kind of stuff, which we, they were trying to do me a favour. They weren't being they weren't being harsh. It was all things that I probably needed to hear, not that I took as much, paid as much attention as I probably should have. But here we are, mate, sitting in my runners and track pants and chatting to you and um, things have luckily worked out really well. But, yeah, I wasn't a great academic and I think, I think you often think all those people around you have it all worked out and they don't. I think it's easy in retrospect to look back 22 years later and say probably very few of them had it worked out. And even if they thought they did, it hasn't necessarily panned out for them the way they thought it would. You know, I, I took longer to work out what I wanted to do and I actually feel like that was a blessing. I went to, um, travelled to America, did Camp America, coached basketball over there with young kids just because it was a sort of ticket to do something else and travel and explore other opportunities but it was all part of my process of working out that I loved coaching I loved working with people I loved sport health and fitness and even though it took four or five clunky years to kind of put my finger on it I definitely look back now and they were all sort of important pieces of the puzzle to get me to where I am. It's so refreshing. Thank you so much for your honesty because everyone would look at, especially at your Instagram or look at what you've achieved now and think, oh, well, he just naturally is like that. But it's really refreshing to hear that, you know, it, it took a lot of work and that there were about five years in the wilderness. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I did end up at university and, you know, I did a human movement exercise science degree over, I don't know, six or seven years yeah. because I discovered once I started personal training that I was in love with the practical side of things. I loved helping people, working with people, and I really, really struggled with the academic theory side of things. And even today, as important as it is to know your anatomy and your physiology, 
95% of my success and 95% of what I use on a daily basis is through experience. The, you know, I was doing 80 appointments a week, 50 weeks a year for 20 years. That's a lot of PT appointments and a lot of learnings. And I absolutely think the success of my 28 program is based on the fact that I understand real people and the challenges that they face and the help that they need in particular areas. And that's something you just can't learn in a book or in an online course, that's for sure. I can't wait to dive into 28. But just before that, what was your first job? So I'm, my dad's pretty old school. He's hospitality. I, I remember, I remember vividly. I went, I got home one day, and I must have been, must have been, fourteen maybe, at thirteen. And I, I said, oh, you know, this kid at school's getting a, it was either twenty or forty dollars a week pocket money, which back in nineteen ninety four, that seems like you know, a fortune, you know, and they were going to do a few chores or jobs, but, you know, basically they don't have to do that much, Dad, can I get pocket money? And Dad literally picked me up by the scruff of my neck, threw me in the back of the car, drove me down to a pub called The Ocean Child, which a friend of his own, walked me into this big sort of grungy commercial kitchen and Brent, this huge New Zealander bloke that owned the pub and was the head chef, he said, he said, Brent, you got a job for Sam, he'll do anything. And so the next day I started scrubbing dishes, scrubbing floors, waiting tables, whatever was asked of me. And I worked at that job through my whole high school, you know, three, four days a week. I'd ride my bike down, ride my bike back. And it just meant I understood the value of money. I've never had, I've never got pocket money in my life. In fact, when I turned 18, Dad said to me, you realise now you are never allowed to ask me for money again in your life, no matter how bad things get. And... I just I always think remember think oh, I'm so hard done by and why isn't my dad more like other parents who seem to be you know you know give their kids great cars for their birthdays and all this kind of stuff and it's the best thing that could have happened you you know I, I now have a 15 year old and I'm trying to sort of teach her the same lessons and we bang our heads every now and then as as we do but I just know how valuable it was for me and and I'm really big on making sure that she learns the same lessons that's for sure. Your pathway through The Bachelor has been covered extensively, especially by the Daily <laughs> Mail, especially Daily Mail. So I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to get into it too much, but I am interested. Sure. At the time you were running a fitness program for kids and it was quite successful, Gecko, was there any transferable skills from working with children that you were able to take into The Bachelor Mansion? Uh, the biggest one was remembering names. <laughs> I, I, I honestly remember the first, cocktail party when I think it was 22 girls and I had to remember all their names while you know there's cameras and lights it's a massive production and it was pretty uh, pretty intense and I remember thinking to myself thank god I've run so many kids birthday parties because it's the only reason I'm now able to like remember these girls names because you kind of chat to them for two minutes and then they get whisked away and another one comes in and it's the couch and hallways and you know indoor outdoor it's pretty manic so um yeah, that was a very simple one. But yeah, oh look, definitely just communication skills. You know, I'm really grateful that I went on the show. I mean, it's the hardest thing I've ever done, the best thing I've ever done, but I'm really grateful that I went on it at the age that I did. I just feel like I was in the right spot. I knew what I wanted. I was there for the right reasons. And I was relatively in tune with who I was at that particular point in time. And I, I feel like that held me in good stead. And I also feel like that's probably one of the, you know, many things that attracted me to Snedge, that she was in a pretty similar position and really strong and mature and sophisticated and 
uh, yeah, we, you know, thank God she was on it. I don't know what would have happened otherwise. Yeah, yeah we just clicked and best thing ever, mate. I found my uh, my now wife and little Evie, our little girl, and we've had two more girls and, yeah, couldn't be happier on how it all worked out. Just amazing. We pinch ourselves and laugh about it all the time. I'm such a big fan of your dancing videos. I don't know where that idea came from, but if anyone on Instagram, definitely everyone is, you have to go check out Sam Wood on Instagram and see him and his, your beautiful wife, your children, and you dressed up as Woody the other day, I think I saw. Yeah, we've been doing these live to music workouts just with everyone in isolation on our Facebook page. It's just been amazing how I think it's a time where people need to, a bit of a release, you know, with a bit of a laugh. Exercise is really good mentally and physically for people. We've been doing them live. They're free. Great way to get yourself moving, the kids moving. And our house is a bit of a madhouse. We've got a one-year-old, a nearly three-year-old, a 15-year-old, a cat, a dog, and we can't leave the house. So, you know, once that uh, camera starts rolling, the workout starts, the music starts, it's definitely a bit of a circus. And we, uh, we Fridays, fancy dress Fridays. So we have been pizzas and Ninja Turtles and Mario Brothers and, yeah, Toy Story and you, you name it. We've been doing this for 16 weeks. There's been plenty of dress-ups. But the feedback's been amazing. So many people are like, thank you so much for doing this. This is just what we need at this challenging time. And I've I've gotten fit and the kids love it. And it's great for them because they're homeschooling. It's been a really, really beautiful thing to do. And we've had a, over 2 million people join us for workouts over 16 weeks. So it's been quite incredible. Huge. Absolutely huge. Yeah, creating so yeah. much value. How did you discover that a career in fitness was the pathway that you wanted to pursue? What was it particularly? Well, it's interesting. Like, I don't think you ever really know until you try it. I mean, even though my clunky kind of inkling over a three or four year period was that it should have something to do with fitness and people and sport and, you know, and I love animals too. So I was kind of thinking maybe it's an animal thing, but it, was, it wasn't until I started training people that I had that light bulb moment where I realized I was heading down the right path. I am just one of those natural things. I remember the way I started my PT career was as a subcontractor where you had to pay a weekly rent to the gym and all the trainers were subcontractors and it was your responsibility to get yourself busy. So you're not only, it was like a little micro step into having your own business. You had to do your own tax and your own marketing and your own accounts and and, you know, but you still worked under the banner of the place that you worked. The place I worked was called Harper's Personal Training. I started that in, in there in 2001. Yeah, so Craig been doing this. Is that right? With Craig Harper. Yeah, yeah. with Craig O. So he was my first sort of boss mentor. And I started in January of 2001 after doing some work experience with him and him, him offering, very kindly offering me a job. And he called me into his office and he said, Sam, how... Um, how are you going, mate? You seem to be busy. I had my rent was four hundred dollars, so whatever I made on top of my rent, I got to keep. He said, "Are you pulling in a thousand dollars a week yet?" Therefore, making six hundred dollars a week, which for a kid from Tasmania to come over to Melbourne would have been a dream. And I was already making three and a half thousand dollars a week, and it had been three months, and I hadn't done one bit of marketing. It had all just been word of mouth from my clients who were loving their sessions with me, and were just beautiful people wanting to sort of help this kid who was having a crack from Tassie out. And he was just literally jaw on the floor. What do you mean you're earning that kind of money? How? And I said, look, I don't know, mate. I don't don't think it's the magic, you know, one thing that I've done. It's just been lots and lots of hard work and making sure I follow my clients up properly. And, you know, I made sure that 
I gave them as much love outside of the time that we spent our sessions together as the time that we spent in the gym because I felt that that really, really showed them that I I cared about the results, you know, whether it be sending them nutrition advice or how the muscle's feeling today or remember to drink that water or um, you promised me you'd do a run on the weekend. Can you send me a text message? There's no photos back then, but can you send me a text message when that's done? And they just loved the level of care and the level of accountability. And that was kind of funny how, you know, I didn't learn that from anybody. I just thought that was a good idea. I definitely think that was one of the tricks. But yeah, I, once once I was, I mean, that was three months in and I'm like, this is it. This is absolutely what I was meant to do. I'm making a great living and I'd do it for free. You know, I, I'm loving every second. I didn't care that I was getting up at 5 a.m. every morning, working to 9 p.m. every night, working weekends. It meant that I was so young and so energetic I'd probably struggle to do that now but as a 21 year old I was kind of you know so full of verve and felt unbreakable that I just went for it. While doing research for this interview I looked at some of the ABS statistics and there's roughly 31,000 fitness instructors registered in Australia. You touched on it there but what characteristics separate a good trainer and I'm sure a lot of those 31,000 are good instructors but you're at the yep. top of the tree. What characteristics makes a great trainer? I think the number one is emotional intelligence. I think if you've got high emotional intelligence and a cap- you're capable of, because it's personal training, and I think that's the thing most people forget. You know, you can look a million bucks with great abs and biceps, but unless you're a great communicator that can show empathy, um, can understand who needs to be pushed, who needs a hug, who is fibbing about their food, you know, who, who, you know, everyone is wired differently and there's not one way to get someone to change. And I think if you've got good emotional intelligence and good communication skills, that really sets you apart. You know, anyone can have good anatomy, good physiology, look the part and mm. that kind of thing. Also, also a level of professionalism. I don't think personal training across the board I, I think it's really poor in general how sloppy personal trainers have become on their phones not in uniform you know late you know they tend to lose sight it's not about you the second it's about you you're a crap trainer in my eyes if you and that's you know that's easier said than done particularly over a two decade career but if you care about your customer the success will come if you care about being successful and money and that kind of crap, I think you'll really lose sight of why you're doing it. I mean, the other thing is you've got to have the why. You've got to have the passion. You've got to be doing it for the right reasons. If you've become a trainer just because you didn't know what else to do or because you thought it was a good quick buck, then you, you're not going to last very long. Did you have a client that was most difficult to train? That's a great question. Um, it's interesting. It got to the point where I was busy enough that I could be quite selective, which is a luxury that not all trainers have so I ended up having them eventually probably after two or three years I loved every single session because I genuinely had a friendship with these beautiful people but I, yeah definitely had a fair share of challenges I think you know I, the people that frustrated me were people that didn't necessarily respect you and that you know that wasn't because it was about me but anyone that was really late or cancelled at the last minute I, I, I had a fairly low tolerance for that kind of thing I, you know I, it, it showed a lack of respect for themselves they would say that they wanted to get in shape but they weren't really acting in that way 
And it was a bit of a lack of and kick in the face to you. Now, as a 21-year-old, and that's a 50-year-old CEO, that's a pretty intimidating conversation to have. And I'll put my hand up and say I probably chickened out on a few occasions. But <laughs> as I got older and I grew in confidence and experience, I definitely got more and more confident at really looking these people in the eyes and saying, look, we need to have a chat. Are you serious about this? Because if you are, this is how it's going to be. You know, I used to have a, I, I, you know, got to the point where you'd say, look, if you, do, if you don't turn up or you're late, you're still going to be charged and that kind of thing. And it might have prickled a few feathers, but it, it was good. It showed, it showed them that you cared. It showed them that you took your, your profession seriously. And 99 times out of 100, they actually respected you for that rather than got offended. So, yeah, I think probably my greatest change. I can't think of any one particular person off the top of my head. I, I was pretty lucky. I think I had some wonderful clients over the journey, that's for sure. I'm always fascinated by business owners that include their name as part of the business. And 28 by yeah. Sam Wood is such a recognizable name. I remember chatting to Tom Waterhouse and the impacts of having his name as as a real niche and as, as a power of growth. What was the psychology when you started 28 to have your name so aligned with the brand? Yeah, it's interesting. It's sort of organically transitioned just to 28 these days. I mean, I don't very few people call it 28 by Sam Wood. It's just 28. But... Look, I think I think it's a couple of things. I think as I had a profile off TV, it was important for people to be able to see and understand that as quickly and as easily as possible. Um, I think all good brands have rec- it can be easily recognised quickly, so that it was kind of silly to not have it there when my profile was coming off the back of a TV show was so strong at the time. There's also something. Uh, you know, we've evolved, we've got new trainers in the program now and it's far less reliant just on me. I'm, you know, I'm one of many great experts and I, you know, I'm the founder and I spend every minute working on the business. I love it to bits, but mm. it's interesting back then how, I don't know, there was something really, something nice about kind of betting on yourself. You know, it's kind of, you know, if I'm going to invest in anything, I may as well invest in myself where I'm in full control of the success or the failure and not, you, know, you put your hand up if it, if it sinks as well. But for me, it was kind of right. We really are going in head first here with a, you know, you know, I'd always looked at a couple of the other online programs that are out there and I thought there were some good things about them and some not so good things about them, the mainly that they were way too uh, intense counting every calorie, never allowed to enjoy yourself with a glass of wine or a, a beer or, you know, hamburger, Tra- expecting you to work out in these hardcore workouts for hours every day. And I'm like, the reason no one gets long-term success with these programs is you just can't stick to it. You know, you might get some results over a two or three-week period, but eventually the bubble's going to burst. And the, the feedback that we get with 28 is it's really a lifestyle and it's really sustainable. And so for me, it was 20 years of kind of, well, when we launched, 15, 15 years experience kind of culminating into an online program where I thought others didn't do it as well as it should be done. And because it was all coming from my experience, I thought it was important that people recognize that it was me and I wasn't just the face of it. Sure. It really was me. And so, you know, the feedback we get is we love how sustainable your program is, Sam, but we also love that you're there. You know, you're in the 28 office, you're working on the program, you're not just the face of it in, from a marketing perspective and, and you, you know, you've recorded a few videos and you're never to be seen. You know, I really do live and breathe the program and I think people that have done other programs and then try 28 really appreciate that. 
Is that the ultimate success of it? Because a few of my friends are 28ers. I know that's what you call them. And and something that struck me when they talked about your program is how personalized it was. And I'll be completely honest, it confused me only because I thought of your business as an app. And I thought, how can that be personalized? I mean, it's not like you're in the gym with them, but they talk about like the the videos that you produce, the way you know you send these daily videos, you let them so into your life. It's 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 amazing. Yes, I think it's a combination of both. I think it's a combination of sophisticated, intelligent tech that can understand someone's behaviour and what message they need. Do they need motivation? Do they need praise? Do they need support? You know, we have a we have ten full time customer service people that work on the program seven days a week, twenty four hours a day, and so. You know, because the, the thing is, you can get workouts off YouTube and you can get an eating plan off the internet, but to have brilliant recipes and nutritionists behind those recipes, awesome workouts with great trainers, but then support to ensure that you stick to the program, you get help when you need it, you're actually being educated, so you're understanding why you're being asked to do what you're being asked to do. That's the most important thing. Otherwise, it's like, yeah, this will all sort of fall apart. It all needs to be part of a plan. And so, yeah, we've spent, we've invested a lot of money, you know, millions of dollars in our tech to ensure that it really is, you know, best in class at delivering a bespoke customized experience. But I also, I remember when we first launched, I started doing daily videos um, through the Facebook page, the private Facebook page, every single day. Someone else speaks, he's like, mate, you're never going to be able to do this. And I said, why? I said, it takes a couple of minutes, it keeps things real. So I do daily videos, if not multiple videos a day, every single day. We're four and a half years old now. I might have missed, you know, five or ten days here or there for kids' birthday or something. But, you know, and, and they love it. There's no point giving people pre-recorded content that's not relevant to COVID in the current environment they're yeah. in. I mean, that's insensitive and just a crap experience. You know, you need to be able to understand what people are going through in real time and help them in real time. I think do them justice and uh, you know that's something we really pride ourselves on but I to answer your question I definitely think it's been a key factor in the success is there a failure that's played a role in your success is there one particular failure yeah well it's interesting you mentioned gecko gecko wasn't a raging success it wasn't a horrific failure but it was 10 very very hard years without making much money this is my kids um yeah kids health and fitness business you know it went from one standalone kids gym in Hampton first one ever in Australia in 2006 to trying to grow it through licensing and franchising and the challenge always was you can't clone yourself so how do I find other people with similar traits to me to run these other gyms or like you know and and it was just really really hard whether it be uh, through a franchise or a license, it didn't really matter. The same challenges kind of facing you. We got up to 40 Australia-wide. So like I say, it wasn't a, it wasn't a failure, but it was always going to be the continual challenge. So I get, yeah, I learned a lot from that. I learned, I guess, never give up is the key because it would have been easy after 10 hard years to perhaps go, oh, maybe I shouldn't have my own business. Maybe I should do something safer and work for someone else. But I didn't do that. I, you know, 28 in the woodshed are, I definitely think better off because of those, you know, the lessons learned across a decade. And the mistake I made was I was so stubborn and so determined because I was so passionate about kids' mm. fitness that 
the, the reality was I'd probably learnt after five years the, the challenges, but I continued to kind of bang my head against the brick wall and forge forward and, and, and keep trying, even though it was probably staring me right in the face that these challenges were never going to change. Now, that wasn't to say that Gecko hasn't continued to evolve and is still successful today. It is the lady that took it off my hands, who was one of our franchisees, is a brilliant lady and she's doing great things. But the same challenges occur. You know, kids and you've got the schools and the politics and, uh, you know, you're competing against all these other things like ballet and dance and swimming lessons and tennis lessons and after-school sports. So it's a very, very competitive space. And like on 28, the person that joins my program, so the person paying is the customer. When you're working with kids, it's very different. You have to convince the kids that this is what they need, this is what they want to do, but you also have to convince the purchaser that this is what their kids... You know, you've kind of got you know, double the challenge of convincing two people instead of one. But yeah, I loved every second of it. No regrets. Ten years of working on something that I was so passionate about. Met some incredible people. And you know, I definitely think 28 Success has a, has a lot to thank for... Um, for the, le- the lessons learned, that's for sure. Is it hard when you, by all reports, you were a very, very good trainer one-on-one? Is that the, Was that the real hard part about Gecko that there's only one Sam Wood and that you can only be in one place and that passion doesn't easily translate to others? Yeah, particularly, I guess, for the monetary compensation. Like, it's very hard to find incredible, you know, we're talking... I don't, I mean, I hate to say that I'm a 10 out of 10 myself. But I <laughs> you really can say it, mate. I'm saying how, it. Oh, you know, which is lovely of you to say. But, you know, like I knew, like I really had a special connection with the kids. You know, when it's your business, no one's going to care as much as you do, of course. But, you know, I love, you know, whether it be a birthday party or a sports camp or, you know, like we did footy camps with Chris Judd and Buddy Franklin and 300 kids. You know, like that was massive. It was awesome. And I loved every second of it. But, it was. It was very, very hard to find people that, that would engage the kids as well, particularly when, as a business model, you can only afford to pay them 30 bucks an hour. So we'd go to XPE teachers that wanted a bit of a career change and personal trainers that loved working with kids. So there was, we had great coaches and, and it was really good. But to find someone in their 30s that still had that passion and wanted this to be their career, there wasn't hundreds of them. You know, that... that selection process was definitely the greatest challenge to continually expand that business no doubt last question before i get into some really quick rapid fire ones what's a misconception you think people have about you that you know to be untrue Mm, great question look i think it's it's interesting i think and this is this is from what people have said to me this is not my own sort of perception but it's been amazing from very crazy roller coaster five years. I think there's a lot of people who know you from TV, then there's a lot of people who assume you're a bit of a reality TV dickhead, and then they find out there's probably a bit more to you, but you're, you're the fitness guy. And then I think people are often surprised when they understand how much I love business and how much I've had my fingerprints on the success of 28 from a business perspective. I mean, I, I don't want to take all the credit. I've got a brilliant team of 25 staff, of which is driven by an incredible CEO who, you know, deserves absolutely as much credit as I do. He's nothing short of extraordinary. But, but you know, I, I definitely love the business side of things. I knew nothing about 
tech. I was the people fitness guy, but I've really learned that you've got to put experts in places that you're not and you need to understand your strengths, but just as importantly, you need to understand your weaknesses. And I was always aware of what I was good at. So I've built people in, you know, build a team with people in areas that you sort of fill the gaps of the stuff that I'm not as good at or terrible at in some cases. And that's worked really, really well because it allows me to still come into work every single day, hungry, passionate, and do what I do best and not sort of get bogged down doing accounts or, you know, building code or anything crazy like that in a tech space. Finish these sentences. When Sam Wood eats a cheat meal, it's a... Uh, Pizza. Good one. What kind of pizza? Well, to be honest, at the moment, homemade pizzas with willow. So they're not crazily unhealthy. They're probably a six out of ten, but they're delicious. When I relax most, I'm doing uh, probably walking the dog. I know that sounds weird. I'm I'm either I'm either with Snez and the kids out of the house, like I love getting outside. It's a bit hard at the moment. Or yeah, my weird meditation is my morning ritual of just kind of walking my dog Hendrix and getting my, my thoughts in order for the day. And and uh, yeah, I find it really sort of uh, therapeutic. The book I recommend to friends most is uh, the Twenty Eight by Sam Wood. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. You can't say that. Um, oh, that is a great question. Probably uh, from a business perspective, the E Myth would be the, probably the one I recommend by Gerber. Um, yeah, I mean, I, weirdly, because I love business so much, when I do get the opportunity to read a book, it tends to be in that business space or some kind of almost business autobiography. But yeah, so that that would be my recommendation. What, what's your favourite autobiography? The Phil Knight Nike story yeah, is probably my favourite. Yeah, I do love that. that. That would be right at the top of my list. Good one. My partner would say my most annoying habit is? Uh, thinking about work so much. <laughs> if I wasn't a leader in fitness and health, the other job I would like to attempt? Yeah, that's a great question. Either a vet or like advertising. I know they're so different, but like I love kind of understanding the mind and the psychology behind really clever advertising campaigns. And I'm a massive animal lover, so I think I'd like to work with animals. Well, I think a lot of, especially your 28ers, are grateful that you've chosen fitness and health uh, through your app. Where can people get in touch with you? Where can they, um, where can they connect with uh, your brand? Sure. So uh, to get on to join my program, you join through twenty eight by samwood dot com. But connect with me if you've got any questions. Probably just through Instagram, which yep. is Sam James Wood. Fire me a DM and uh, yeah, happy chat and and help out any of your listeners. I think it's an awesome awesome thing that you're doing, Tim. And uh, for you to have used a challenging time in your own life, mate, for such a positive, clever cause. Hat off to you, buddy. It's fantastic. Sam, thank you so much and uh, enjoy the rest of the day. You too, buddy. Cheers, mate. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please subscribe, tell your friends and join me next time on The Pathway.